as we traverse through these inner kingdoms of spirit will often look and sound much like the outer journey here physically. It'll often appear very, very similar. That's the whole idea of the as above, so below. This world is a reflection made in the image of the spiritual kingdom. The Garden of Eden has this reflection often referred to as earth. There's all these different things that will appear very similar. So here all the time, even when we go to bed at night and we go to sleep into these dreams, especially the kind that seems so real, those real dreams, but then when we wake back up in the body, it seems all that was a dream. But when you're in it, it was so real, it was as real as this, this physical experience. Well, those are real inner experiences, real levels of consciousness, just like this physical is a level of consciousness. And we are having experience. But in order to have those experiences, we need to let go to some degree of the physical in order to begin to have more of the spiritual. So it's important to realize all these dynamics. There's, there's the letting go. There's the giving and the receiving. It's fun because at this time of the year where we move into the holidays of Thanksgiving and Hanukkah or Christmas, here it's really about giving and receiving here. This time of year, for over a month straight here, it's all about giving and receiving. It's amazing because this time of year stirs up both a lot of excitement and joy, but also it stirs up a lot of stuff for people, depression and upsetness and anger, depending on relationships with family or friends. It stirs all of that. It's about the wonderful and the terrible time of year. Always is. It's just amazing. But part of what I love about it is because it does stir up all that stuff. Just like going into meditation, we talk about giving and receiving the loving and how I started to talk about even in the outer expression of giving and receiving. And if we pay attention, we'll begin to see, is that bringing joy or peace or love? Or does it stir within us the obligation and the resentment and the, the law of the land that we're supposed to do it and so we rebel against it? That's what the holidays do because it stirs all that. But if we can go to the real meaning of holy day, holiday, holy day, and remind ourselves that's about the holiness that we are and the true holiness to wake up to that, we need to participate in giving and receiving because it is in that movement. Just like to breathe physically, to live, we have to breathe in and breathe out. We've got to do both. So it is in spirit to both give and to receive, to take in and to give out. And so as we do that with our loving, as we take in in meditation, as we take in God's loving, and as we give out loving to God, that's really the greatest, purest form of loving we can do. But we have to often find that challenging because we go, well, what is God? I don't really know what God is. I have a fantasy or an idea about what really is that. So often we're challenged by that. So one of the ways we can support ourselves is to pay attention of how we give and receive in the world. What is our experience? Do we give in loving and joy? Do we receive in loving and joy and gratitude? Hey, we're coming up Thanksgiving next week, right? Giving thanks. Well, do we really feel, do we really experience gratitude? 
Do we have gratitude not only for that which we are given, but do we have gratitude for which we give? Because it can be wonderful and feel great to give and have gratitude for being able to give as well as to receive. So just pay attention and just know that whatever stirs, if it's loving that moves, there's a lot to be grateful for. When it's all that other stuff, sometimes we call junk, we're often not grateful. But also, you in here know that have been coming. You've got tools to use to change that which you may not be experiencing as loving or joyful or peaceful, to change it into the love and the joy and the peace. If it's disturbing, if it's upsetting, whatever it is, you can begin to bring in that wonderful acronym you hear us talk probably every class now, a laugh, L-A-F, loving, accepting, and forgiving. But you see, we often do that out here with the people we're upset with or the situation or circumstances. But how about during this holiday season, we start doing that with ourselves. Instead of all the process with people around us, how about if we start loving and accepting ourselves because it's us who's going into the disturbance? Regardless of what the people out here are doing, people out here can get upset. But we don't have to be upset. We can actually stay in our joy and have fun. I don't do it all the time, but I often will find myself when somebody's getting upset out here, I'll start laughing. You know why? I'm not just laughing at them. Because when I find somebody really being in the, their moment and being sincere with that, I find it joyful because they're being true to themselves, even if that truth at the moment is real upset. I think it's wonderful that they're allowing themselves to experience that. Anytime I see that, I just get a joy inside because I allow that. Rather than, in other words, when I see out here in front of me something that looks disturbing, I don't automatically inside of myself, I used to. When I'd see something out here disturbing, I would go into disturbance and think I've either got to get away or do something to correct it because of what they're going through. But now after years and years of practicing loving, accepting, forgiving, we begin to pull back our attachments with what we project onto the outer situation, bring it back to ourselves, and begin to move it into loving. And guess what? When you have loving inside of you, it will transform out here because you no longer are feeding the disturbance. When I just said, when I even see it out here and I find myself laughing because I have joy inside, well, when I laugh, that joy comes out. I literally have had people outside of me bawling their eyes out and then there I am just giggling. And very quickly, they find themselves laughing right at the same time they're crying. Why is that? you think they'd get more bent out of shape. Like, why are you laughing at me? I'm so upset. I'm not laughing at you. I am just in my joy right now. And I know you're in your disturbance, but I'm in my joy. Where would you rather be? I would rather be in my joy. But it takes a lot of work. It takes time to learn how to 
draw back to ourselves that which we've projected out onto others. Because a lot of our projections are based upon reaction. They went, ooh, somebody's crying out here. Oh my God, that's not good. Not good. Got to make it better. Oh my God, ooh, uncomfortable. I'm going to turn around and get the hell out of here. Right? Fight or flight. That's right. Well, the fight is, well, I'm going to change it and make it better. You ever do that? You try, if you try to change it, it often creates more disturbance. Sometimes you go, God, I wish I just left it alone. Uh-huh. Why is that? It's because of where we come from inside of ourselves that either helps a situation or makes it worse. If we come out of reaction judging it as something's wrong, well, guess what? We add more. It's like throwing gas on a fire. When we come with reaction, we cause even greater reaction and disturbance out here. But if we in ourselves are in a place of loving and peace and joy, guess what we bring to out here? The loving, the peace, and the joy. And that's what truly transforms all of the disturbance in the world around us. But here's the other key. So hearing some of the words I'm saying, if you're like me, you'll go, oh, well, I'm just going to be loving and then I'll love everything out here and that'll change it, right? Well, not necessarily. Because guess what? If you think you're going to now love it out here, is it just because you think loving's going to do it? Or are you now doing that because you're still judging out here as disturbing and now you're going to change it and make it better? So is that really loving? Or is that still coming out of your own reaction of disturbance and you have to make it better because something's wrong. Think about it. I know a lot of people who've tried to be loving and they go, why doesn't this work? It's because of where we're coming inside. And if we think trying to do the loving out here is what it's about, it's not. It sounds selfish, but you've got to do it for yourself. The funny thing is, when you do it for yourself... You stop projecting out here, and automatically when you stop, all of a sudden now there's a space for somebody to find their, their own peace and freedom because you are no longer getting in the way. That doesn't mean you've got to stay away from them. You can be right there with them. Or you can be 100 miles away. But if you hold loving inside of yourself, no matter how close or far you are physically, that gives them the opportunity now to also have the space to find the loving within themselves. So just be aware of that. These are all these outer inner dynamics, and this is where our lessons are. This is where we're going to learn. So we talk about that here, but realize this is a lot of details that can be seem confusing and we're trying to work the game of life. That's not what we're teaching here. We're teaching here in Interlight Ministry simply to be loving. And that's all inside. It's all in meditation. So, yep, sure enough, there it is. The answer to everything is meditation. Because in the meditation is where you go into the loving. You're not going to find it in the world of reflection. It's inside of you. Go in and up to the loving. And in that loving, and that's what meditation is, by the way, is the movement of loving. It's the action of giving and receiving loving spiritually, as we do it spiritually, don't worry about any of this other. 
Stop trying to project and change all this out here. Accept it the way it is. Forgiveness is about letting go. So forgive or let go of your attachments out here and just come to the loving and live the loving. And you do that, you'll be a lot, you'll be a happy camper. And then all of a sudden, you will begin to see the change around you as well. But if you do it to try to change out here, it doesn't work. You've got to do it just to be loving. Jim always says, God first and God only. That's what I'm talking about. God first and God only. Go inside to God, to the loving. And that's all you have to do. That's why we even end the meditations all the time now when you come back physically to still stay focused on the soul, on the loving. Be present even with your eyes open, even as you're doing and saying throughout the day. Just keep coming back to where loving resides within you. It's not here, folks. It's not at the heart center. That's the emotional expression of loving. We want that pure loving that is unconditional and neutral, that has neither positive or negative charge on it. That resides here, the spiritual heart, not the physical heart. So lift it up a little higher. If you've been focused on the heart chakra and saying, this is who I am or coming from the heart, well, you're getting close. Just come from the spiritual heart, the fullness of who you are, not just the part of who you are, but the fullness. When you live there, then that loving will live in through you on all the other levels and transform all of it. And that transformation spells freedom and the liberation of your soul. All right. Well, listening to Brian's talk, there's a lot of different places I could have started my conversation with, but the very end of his talk is a good place to start. Because a lot of people do live in the world trying to perfect themselves, trying to live a spiritual life, trying to be good in the world, and they live it from that physical heart center, that chakra, if you will, of the physical heart. And they try to focus all their loving here, and they try to live their loving from here, and try to find their expression of spirit from this heart center. But in truth, this is a very emotional center. And if we live only from here, we're going to find ourselves getting caught up in a lot of the chaos of the world and the emotion of the world and the turmoil of that emotional nature. So if we're living trying to find spirit and God here in the heart, we're going to find ourselves in a pattern of ups and downs, of right and wrongs, and wondering why it is we keep failing, why it is we're not truly living what we're promoting to do and what we're hearing to do. Now, you can wake up to the beginning of a spiritual self at this heart center. And it's very interesting, the whole process that takes place right here at the physical heart. The physical heart is a crossroads. If you took and, and, and looked at an hourglass, you have two sections to an hourglass. You have the upper portion and then you have the lower portion. And the heart center of the physical form is that part where the, the two meet and where everything has to filter down through 
into the physical heart and down into the lower chamber or vice versa. And so the physical heart is a real crossroads, if you will, energetically of this movement of the the flow of consciousness, whether it be the flow of consciousness of the physical form reaching up to grasp a hold of the spirit or the spirit reaching down to inhabit more of the physical form. But if we live from the spiritual heart center here at that spiritualized center above the forehead, really it encompasses all this area of the forehead and all the way back in the top of the head. Then we live a very different life. And it's a wonderful place to live, but it's also challenging. Because the physical heart center is full of emotion, full of feeling, and we get addicted to that. And we think that when that stirs, oh my God, then it's happening. And we cry over it, we hurt over it. Just all these different experiences can come out of that energy and that movement of the the action of loving at the heart center of the physical form. But when we feel or move, not when we feel, but when that energy moves at the spiritual heart center, it doesn't really have feeling to it. This is where we begin to experience neutrality. This is where we begin to experience the true essence of divine loving. And that divine loving is neutral and often very subtle and very quiet in comparison to the physical form and the physical energies. So it's for us to pay attention and realize that the physical heart center does play a role, but it isn't the end all. It is only a very small part. That's why in the lotus meditation, I have us actually start focusing on the physical heart center because that often is a place where awakening begins in people. We have to rise up above these lower parts of our consciousness that lay in that lower chamber, if you will, of the hourglass. That sexual drive, that ego drive, all these different qualities that rest in that lower chamber, we have to begin to experience and recognize and raise ourselves up above them to a place where loving consciousness resides in the physical form. So it is a way for us to begin to spiritualize those physical qualities. Then I have you raise your consciousness up and bring your focus and the loving up here to the spiritual eye center so that you begin now to truly live and awaken the spiritual loving that you are as soul to its fuller consciousness. We can experience soul in the physical heart to a point because in each chakra there is a seed of the soul that resides there. And we can experience the soul in some form, in some action, at each of those chakras that lie within our consciousness and in our body. But it is only a seed. It isn't the fullness. And it is only going to experience that aspect of soul that resides in that particular level of consciousness, whether it be the creative, the imaginational, the emotional, or whatever it might be as we go up the chakras. But when we get here to the seed of the soul, We've risen above all that is of the physical nature. And we're beginning to now wake up 
to the truth of who we are as soul and wake up to the truth of who spirit is in us and we in spirit. And we begin to experience the loving in a greater way, in a true way, in a fuller way than we ever would in these other forms of consciousness. So when we talk of loving, we're talking here about that neutral spiritual essence of soul that you are, that God created you from, and that you are a manifestation of, that resides at the seat of the soul here at the spiritualized center at the top of the forehead and the top of the head. That's the doorway. That's the beginning of true realization of who we are. So rather than focus on these lower centers or the heart center of the physical form, we focus at the very top where we begin to truly have that opportunity to awaken to the fullness. And it's really nice to wake up there and not go through all these other centers and all the trauma and all the turmoil and all the confusion that comes out of it. Because at the spiritual eye center, it is neutral loving. It is quiet. It is that pure essence of loving and its manifestation that we can move into. And as I said earlier, it's very subtle. It's very subtle. And sometimes we can miss it if we're not paying attention. That's why in meditation, we need to keep our focus inward and upward and hold our attention at that spiritualized center as long as we can. And by doing that, we can begin to look and see and feel and know the subtlety of that spiritual movement. Spirit in this creation of the physical form is very subtle. It isn't dramatic, it isn't bold, it isn't loud. It is subtle. It is these other essences of the physical consciousness that are bold and bright and brilliant and whatever you might want to say about those. And it's easy to see them, it's easy to feel them, it's easy to know them, it's easy to get caught up in them and to go with it. But by paying attention every day in meditation and every day as we go into the world to that subtle movement and begin to choose into the subtlety of spirit and the subtlety of that movement of the divine loving, we begin to wake up to the true essence of who we are and we begin to wake up into what is called centeredness. You know, in the Christian community today, a centered prayer is a very important action that many of the churches are now teaching. And centered prayer is a very good way to begin to experience a little bit of what I'm talking about, this movement of loving, this neutrality. But it's still having to do more with the physical consciousness. And we're still putting our will into it, which is more a will of the mind and the ego. But if we do truly find true centeredness, we begin to live that neutrality of the truth of who we are as soul, and we begin to find something take place very dramatic. Life becomes simple. Life becomes still and quiet in comparison to what it was before. We find in our life that we can begin to make choices and make true choices that serve us 
and take us further along our pathway to where we begin to find a greater grace and ease in our life than ever before. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to get sick, that we're not going to have challenges in the world. That's all going to be there, but we're going to be able to approach them differently because we are now living in this neutrality, in this loving flow that is of our own soul, our own divine essence. And once we begin to taste of that, we begin to let go of all these other lower things and choosing into them because we begin to realize the truth of who we are and we begin to realize the illusion that we maybe have been choosing into for so long, believing it to be true. It's at the spiritual eye center that we begin to wake up to the truth and to let go of the untruth, the unreal, the illusion of this world. Once we begin to wake up, as Rumi and Hafiz and so many others have said, once you have tasted of that nectar, once you have drunk from that cup, the divine cup, the divine loving essence, then you will never long or want to participate in drinking of the cups of the lower regions because they just don't fulfill you. They just don't fulfill you. And it's true. Once you taste taste of that sweet nectar, and Sufi tradition, Sikh tradition is called the Amritsar, the elixir of life. Once you taste of that, you will never go back to any other sweet wine, as Rumi called it, than the wine of heaven. So, if you really are longing, wanting, needing, being called or pulled towards this action of loving, look up, look up, keep looking up. And the easiest way to wake up to it is to keep God first. Because God is the loving of all things. God loved all of this into being. And if we truly want to wake up to the divine loving inside of ourselves, which is God's nature, that divine loving soul, that divine loving essence that resides in us and gives us life in the physical form, that is God. So have God first and God only in your meditation and in your daily life. And if you do that, you'll begin to find that you are living more into the truth of who you are and you're going to find a greater satisfaction and fulfillment in everything that you do. And your day may look exactly the same. The actions may be exactly the same. But it's different. It will be different. Your attitude, your participation, your movement, how you make choices, the things you choose into, will all be different to support that which is now taking place inside of you, which is you waking up to the divine truth of who you are. And who have I always said you are? You are the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. So that's what you're going to wake up to. And it isn't a big hurrah, and it isn't something you go out in the world and shout and demonstrate and put on other people. It is something that you live. 
You live it daily. You live it quietly because it's subtle. It's a subtle energy. But you live it. And as you live it into the world, you also will find that other people will notice it. They will respond to it because they themselves are looking for that subtle energy or they themselves know it, but they don't know how to live it. And they'll be drawn to you for whatever reason. I remember when I was in fifth grade and I had a teacher and then I had another teacher in 10th grade. And both of them said the same thing, that when I walked in the room, they felt peace come in the room and they never understood it. But they always wanted to figure out what it was that I was doing or who am I that there's this quiet, this peace that was ever there. And when I wasn't there in other classes or missed a day, that peace wasn't there in the room. That's what people will notice. Those that are looking, those that are sensitive, those that are wanting of it, that's what they will notice. You don't have to prove it. You just want to be it. That's the key here. There's nothing to prove. The heart chakra of the physical form wants to prove it into the world by great actions, great deeds, great service, great manifestation. Great loving, ooh, emotional loving, just pouring it out on people, taking care of people. Don't worry, I'll take care of you. It'll be done. Well, that's a great action, but it isn't the spiritual loving that we're waking up to in this. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all else will be given unto you. Why not go ahead and put God first? And seek that essence of loving that you are to know it, to live it, to wake up to it fully, and to let it begin to precipitate down into every part of your consciousness so that it then lives in you and through you and all that you do throughout all of your being and your expression of that. That to me is seek God first. Have God first. And then all else should be given to you. All right. Short and sweet. <laughs> all right, we'll see you all again next Sunday and have a good Thanksgiving. Eat plenty of whatever it is you're going to eat and, en- <laughs> and enjoy it. Have a Thanksgiving and a thanks receiving. There you go. I like that.